This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! The thing I worry about when it comes to losing four straight games and you're heading into Alabama week and there's a bye two weeks after that and basketball season's a month away is sooner or later people might stop caring a little bit and not paying as much attention to the football season as they would have a year ago or or two years ago or certainly three years ago in Sam Pittman's first year. Um, You never want... You never want people to just be like, oh, I'm giving up and uh, maybe I'll watch because that's what I do, but I'm really not going to care very much and I'm not going to buy in. Um, last week I felt anger, not my anger. I'm talking from the fan base. When you saw it on social media, when you heard our callers and read our texters, I, I felt anger coming through, um, through, through all of that. I don't know if that's what I feel right now. Feeling not apathy, but maybe... Uh, leaning into that side of it a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a tradition, I guess, to just be, oh, when's basketball season, baseball season's coming around and all of that. And no, you know, there's still half a season left. And the truth, the truth of this, too, is, and we've been previewing it all year long, this is the most difficult stretch in all of college football for anybody. Four games on the road against good competition, Potentially great competition. You know, Alabama looks like All they're ranked. the class of this division right now. Yes. And then and then what, what happens after Alabama? Home against Mississippi State, albeit State, they, they're coming off a bye. They're off this week. And, and then most of your remaining games are at home after the bye. Only one more road trip to Gainesville. Winnable games against Auburn, Florida International, Yes, Mississippi State. Mizzou looks really good, so I'm not ready to say what I feel about that game just yet. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you've, I always felt like, Matt, we had to make it through this stretch of these crazy road games and then see what the, what the lay of the land is. I think part of the problem is that BYU lost changed the whole conversation. Can't lose to BYU at home. If, you, if you're looking at it uh, at this season, that's right. When you, when you look back at this season, that, that's the game that, that really – kind of told you how this season was going to go uh and, and we're playing hard we're, we're we're playing tough uh the 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 guys out there are fighting there there's no quit in them uh sometimes you're just not very good you know sometimes uh we don't have enough explosive plays on offense sometimes you can't block them up as good as you thought you were and and you got to go out and get better and that's the the cool thing about college football is the transfer portal and uh if you're an offensive lineman and uh you want to play big time college football man i'd be looking at the university of arkansas Ryan in Prairie Go tells me that a lot of people gave up on uh, on team on the football team in 1998. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that I feel that from the fan base too. It's that you know, always a gray cloud above, and something's always going to happen that sort of you know does in your your dreams of some sort. And I mean, I've seen evidence of of, of since 1998 maybe to feel like that. But that's a long time to still be a football fan, Ryan, because I don't believe you. I don't believe that you gave up on football you in know, 1998 because you're listening now and you're texting in now. You have an opportunity to still get to six. I, I can still see a route that uh, they can navigate to get to six. That, that, that's for sure. And until they say that, uh, that you can't, then, then you still believe. Until, until there's not any more games left and you can't get to six, 
then uh, you're, you're still believing. Yeah, I don't want to be at the point where Arkansas is playing spoiler. You don't want you don't want to feel like that's all November is is that you're just playing spoiler. I mean, you get you get like you said, Mississippi State. You, you get out of this Alabama game healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I I do think Alabama is not the same Alabama of seven years ago. I do think they're beatable. Can this Arkansas team go to Tuscaloosa and win? I I don't know. I, I don't know if they if they're capable or not. I know Alabama is a little bit beaten up from their win against A and M. Arkansas certainly is beaten up after the Ole Miss game, and so no I, easy ones in the SEC. No. I mean, you you see Oklahoma and Texas, the new members of the SEC, they were they were knocked down, dragging it out as well. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more from Coach Pittman and from uh, Coach Saban, both speaking to their respective media at 12 noon. So uh, I'm sure the injury report will be a big part of that. We got some callers on hold. 877-377-6963 is the McClarty Daniel hotline. Nelson and Harrison is up first. Good morning, Nelson. What's hey, up? guys. I, I'm just, you know, the effort was great at Ole Miss. I really liked the effort of our defense. Guys, you guys have, you guys have danced around it. We've got a captain problem. Whenever you hear Brady Latham's name 10 times a game and it's all bad, Never something good that he's done. And whenever you have KJ out there, and Armstrong had a wide-open touchdown. You hit him in stride, he had a wide-open touchdown. KJ throws it behind him. KJ, whenever it comes to hitting Tesla, he can't hit Tesla. Every, about every, every two out of five passes, he actually gets to Tesla with the ball. And... Then the last interception that KJ threw, he had Rocket Sanders wide open in the flat. I mean, not a defender 20 yards away from him, and he tried to fit it into three defenders. I mean, come on, KJ. I mean, you got six interceptions so far. That's not KJ Locke. I mean, oh, that's exactly right. If, I mean, if he, he don't change, we're not winning. That's one of the things that stood out about K.J. Jefferson in the past couple of years is that very rarely would that ball be put in harm's way, but also sometimes that would be a criticism of him, that he might hold on to the ball and not allow his receiver to try to make a play. And I think this year there are some instances where I don't think it's a matter of him just throwing it up for a receiver and go make a play, just hasn't seen a defender where he's standing. I think that was the case on certainly the first interception uh, on Saturday. Yeah, you want that throwback, no, no, no question. Now, now, did, is, did I catch it right? He has six interceptions this year. I, I want to say three of those, Phil, are not his fault as, as being they're into the half or into the game, throwing up a Hail Mary type of thing. So, so he really he has three in open play. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a bad throw. I don't know if he got lost with his eyes or what his read was on that, but he he definitely threw it right to him. But you got to give him props, man. He went out he went out there and made the tackle, and uh, it, it gives our defense a chance to to hold him till three if 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 you can instead of letting him let him run it into the end zone. Nelson, it's good to hear from you. Got anything else? I think he's listening on the radio. We appreciate that, Nelson. Thank you, Miss Lisa's up next. Hi, Miss Lisa. How's your Monday? Hello, happy Monday. Um, thank you for taking my call, and I agreed with Matt a while ago, you don't lose to BYU at home, and I think that's what set it in motion. But I've got a little bit of a different take. I was there, of course, and I'm worn out. I've been going the last two weekends to Dallas and down there. But anyway, 
I went to the walkthrough because I had heard some things were going to happen. Nothing happened, thank God. But let me explain to you what I saw as a fan. And uh, different from what maybe the media would notice. I'm a people watcher. And the coaches and the players got off the bus and somebody, I don't know who it was, must have told them, when you walk through, you don't get close to the fans. You stay in a single line, like my husband noticed, because he was in the Army. Like we, He said they came out just like we did in the Army when we walked behind the drill sergeant. And that's what they did, according to my husband. And Coach Pittman just smiled. He didn't even show his teeth. And Dan Enos behind him, which had uh, state troopers around him, looked up in the air. He didn't look straight in front of him. He never went side to side. He looked up in the air, and he had earphones in his ears, so he couldn't hear what some of the fans were yelling. But I felt it was very inappropriate because us fans that went, went because we love the Razorbacks. Nothing to do with the coaching staff. And there are people on this staff that I love. But I just felt like, and most, I talked to other people that were there at the walkthrough, and they said, how, how rude. I said, well, did you feel that way too? I thought maybe it was just me. And they said, no, I've never been to a walkthrough like that before. Matching, you remember how Houston Nut would bend down to people in wheelchairs and get out of eye with them and shake their hand. I mean, it was strange. And KJ come out. He looked sharp. But it, it, something is not right. And I'm not intelligent enough to figure it out. But I can tell you this from me. I'm apathetic now. All right. Well, Miss Lisa, uh, again, I think that's sort of starting to get mirrored, uh, at least from what I can glean on, on social media. And there's our first phone call that, that, that at least confirms apathy. I wonder if she'll be making any more trips to Fayetteville or on the road for any of the games. Appreciate your call, Miss Lisa. Thank you very much. Uh, I've seen them at their walk, their walk to, uh, you know, the hog walk for home games. And um, some of it is a little bit of the same. Coach Pittman acknowledges fans. He doesn't walk over to them, but he is waving to everybody on each side. Players are wearing their earbuds for that as well. And, but Miss Lisa wasn't happy with what she saw on or off the field. And we'll wrap up our number one next. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your 
first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Mike Irwin is here from Pig Trail Nation. Mike, we appreciate you joining us as always. How are you today? Well, just trying to figure out more problems, you know, from last weekend. You just, you know, you read everything you can, listen to different opinions. Guys, the Internet is not full of idiots. There are fans out there that come up with some pretty good stuff. And I was just reading one one post on, on Twitter from a guy who basically said, you took a a run pass quarterback who is used to moving around a lot, a guy that doesn't really go through progressions very well, generally looks for one or two receivers, like Trehun Burks, you know, in those first two years. And you've taken him and put him in the role of a pocket passer, but you don't have a running game and you don't run pass block very well, so what do you think is going to happen? And I think that sort of basically sums it up. I mean, I'm not willing to say, the more I watch this, that it's all on Enos. I think if they had a better offensive line, this would still work. Maybe it's not the best fit for KJ. But when you look, guys, sometimes you have to put things in perspective. Losing, sports is one of the only things that we do as human beings where you can come close, but if you don't, you're terrible. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, who's a Baylor fan. I grew up with him. His dad went to Baylor, and he's, he's a, he watches the Big 12, but he, he watches all the football games, and he knows about Arkansas. And he said, in, what, what, in which of these last four games, which, by the way, was an unbelievably tough schedule with all those teams you're playing away from home, in what game were they blown out? If I, I told him fans have the feeling that this is spiraling out of control, and he said, I'll tell you, spiraling out of control is when you get hammered, when you're losing games and you're getting hammered. He said, these are all close games. They were all winnable. A break here, a break there, maybe you win the game. He said, I can understand not being happy. But you do have issues. You do have some things that could, you know, that could maybe solve the problem. But it's not like this this program has just gotten so bad that they can't beat anybody. So, you know... what I do is I just try to absorb a lot of different concepts from different people and try to figure out where I'm sitting here right now to, to analyze this stuff. Yeah, Mike, when looking at this team, um, you know, is I, the, the more I watch them on defense, I'm a Travis Williams fan. Uh, he, he might be, oh, a, yeah. he, he looks like he's going to be a head coach someday. What, what does this team have to do, Mike? Cause I'm, I'm not going to give up until you tell me that we don't have enough games to get to six. What, what, what do we have to do if we're going to fix it before it gets too late? Well, it was interesting because Sam was just in his, uh, I was reading in, uh, on Twitter again some tweets from the press conference. He was talking about movement again by the defense. See, they've been, teams have been doing that since the first game of the year. And DJ Williams, who, who's on our game day show and does a really good breakdown every week with video, he did a fantastic job of breaking down the video from the, uh, from the, uh, 
A&M game and showing how many times there was a missed blocking assignment where two linemen ended up blocking one guy or a running back blocks the wrong person. It looks like to me they're in these meetings and they're not coming out of these meetings and taking it to the practice field and knowing their assignments. Blocking is complicated. I mean, when a defense is shifting, there are rules that you have to follow. And, you know, people think offensive linemen are dumb. The good ones aren't are anything but dumb. They've got to make a lot of decisions. And it just looks like to me that this, this group of guys, they're missing blocking assignments. And, and I think that turns this whole thing around if you block better. There were moments in that Ole Miss game when the blocking was better, especially after he Pittman went back to his original alignment of, of guys, there were moments when they were moving down the field, things were working, and then all of a sudden you get the ball back and it would go completely backwards. And I think some of this is, is KJ. It's just, it, Matt, I mean, you know this as a player. If you have success, it gives you confidence and you are, you are, de, you are decisive in your decision-making. But if all of a sudden things are going wrong and you're not exactly sure why, it's got to get into your head. It slows you down. You make the wrong decisions. On that last field goal Arkansas settled for, you go back and look, KJ, the, the entire left side is open for a touchdown. Six, seven, eight-yard run into the end zone, you score. He didn't see that. He went straight into where the tackle was and tried to push himself over the goal line. Uh, that was he just made a bad decision to me because his head's not clear right now. Yeah, when your quarterback gets hit a lot, uh, you, you kind of make some decisions like that. I, I I don't know. I think that's that's who he is, though, Mike. I think he's going to try to run over you instead of try to try to beat you to the edge. I I, I, I thought it is kind of. I'd like to see him giving though giving that to the running back though. I I don't understand that why 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 KJ KJ's best run is it comes off a of pass play. He, he's not really you don't really need to design running plays for him unless they're short yardage plays to get first downs. And, and what happened to this movement that they had used there for a while? The linemen are taking bad move? steps. You're right, man. They're, they they are. They're running into each other this late in the year. They'll be stepping with the the wrong foot, and they're kind of bouncing off each other. It's 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 hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, and, and again, where is the movement by KJ? You know, we were all told, okay, they moved him around more. And, and I agree with you. When he gets out on the edge and he can see better and he's on the run and he can look for that those one or two guys because – Everybody's saying he lost his go-to guy when Oz got hurt. Well, now he's got a new go-to guy, Ty Washington, who did a good job. But you got to get out on the edge where you can see better, trying to stand in the pocket and throw a seven-yard pass into double coverage. It does not work. And, uh, you know, you just – to me, there are things that they can do, but you don't see them doing these things. It, it's coaching, and I don't want to just continue to sit here and hammer coaching, but – if fans can see it, I don't know why coaches can't see it. I think you you pointed out like a drive that they had near the end of the, I think the second to last drive, the one before KJ's second interception on Saturday, and they were moving the ball down the field with success, but then all of a sudden you're down at the two-yard line, there's a false start that gets in the way and it throws everything into chaos at that point. Um, and I wonder about... like. The the line the, the the players on that offensive line like they they must feel to themselves like some of this is a lot of the record is on us you know they know the defense is playing well they know that they're struggling 
and and pass blocking is is one thing. You missed assignments and another and all of that. But fourteen false start penalties in the last four games, fourteen of them. I mean that. I, to me, that almost says, especially when it's coming from from experienced players like Limmer or Latham, I, I wonder if they're feeling pressure. Maybe that they're putting on themselves to be perfect in a sport where you just can't be perfect. Well, it's got to have an effect. Just like it's affecting KJ, it's also got to be affecting them. Because you're right, they, they're not stupid. Game's over. They realize they made mistakes. They realize... A lot of what's happening when your head coach stands up in a post-game press conference and says, if you can't run the ball, you can't run this offense. Well, that involves them. Um, and, you know, somebody asked me, well, why didn't they, if Enos had been hired earlier, could they have gone in the portal and gotten more alignment? I mean, are you talking about back in December? You don't have time to worry about that. I think the thing you ask yourself is, there is a period when you can still bring in people after spring football, and I did. A lot of us saw some of these old line problems in the red-white game, so it's not like that wasn't there. So, was there any effort to make some changes then? If so, they they passed on it. So, apparently, both both the offensive line coach and, and Sam Pittman and Dan Enos all thought they could get this old line thing fixed, and it just hasn't been fixed. Yeah, it's kind of, is it technique or is it not knowing what to do, knowing your assignment? You, you kind of wonder, and maybe, maybe it's a yeah. little bit of both. Uh, Mike, did you? Well, okay, yeah, it, it's a little bit of both, but but watching DJ's breakdown and, and watching, what, seeing all that stuff, it looks like to me a lot of it is missed assignments. Yeah, did you um, did you get a chance to watch the Sunday night football game, uh, Dallas at San Fran last <laughs> night? Yes, I did. Uh it was what I thought it was going to be. You know, again, I thought Dallas's defense would be a little better than they were. But I mean, come on, that's just a one. First of all, the Niners are really good. Oh my but goodness! But they kind of put Dallas in his place. I mean, you kind of go, okay, back to being uh, another year for the Cowboys. You know, I told you, man, I gave up on. I was, I grew up a, I was a, I was a big Bob Bullet Bob Hayes man mm-hmm. when I was about twelve years old. Man, I love the Cowboys. But this is this is hard watching this stuff. I kind of backed off a few years ago, and I'm waiting for some some reason to make me get interested again. And I was sort of getting interested. Then came that Arizona game, and now this, and you're just going, ugh. You got to be able to run the ball. That's that's Dallas couldn't do it last night, and and I don't know, Mike, uh, what, what what Arkansas has to do, but we, we have to find a couple run plays that that we can go to, and we just don't we don't have an identity on offense. Oh, I, I, absolutely, 100%. The running in this game was – and, it, guys, it's not like they were playing A&M. I mean, Ole Miss's defense going into that game did not have a tremendous – they were maybe not as suspect as, as LSU's defense, but it, this wasn't one of the better defenses in the SEC, and you can't run on those guys at all. Uh, that was really strange. Uh, was there any update on any injured players uh, for in, in Sam's presser, which I think might still be going on? But you know, there are a yeah. lot of guys on the defensive side that um, that left the game in the second half, and that's some of your better players. There hasn't been any, I, not since I've started talking to you guys. I haven't seen any tweets to that effect. Uh, we'll know something a little bit later on when they come back from this press conference. But hopefully, it'll be good news. I keep telling myself. The way this year has gone and as crazy as it's been, 
maybe this is the year in which you finally jump up and beat Alabama. Everybody thought that, there's no way Alabama wins. They just can't keep winning, but they do. In a year in which they really don't have the overall talent they normally have, Nick Saban still got them at the top of the SEC West, so maybe they overlook Arkansas and this is the year. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Homecoming game has been announced. The Mississippi State game is going to be at 11 o'clock in the morning. It should be back-to-back 11 morning games for the Hogs because you got Alabama at 11 o'clock, too, and now Mississippi State also at 11 o'clock. A lot of red, a lot of scarlet, a lot of maroon, a lot of claret, a lot of, a lot of red going on in the next couple weeks. That's absolutely right. A lot of early rises for yours truly. you got to be at the stadium. If you got an 11 o'clock game, we're on at 8. So uh, you just got to get there by like 6.30. Whew. Uh, you stay in Birmingham every time you go to Alabama, too, because Tuscaloosa is one of those cities where they uh, sell all the hotel rooms out, and it would be about $1,000 a room. So the team is headquartering in Birmingham. I'm going to have an interesting week, though, this weekend. This will be the first time I take one of my kids on the road for a football game. How cool is that? That'll be a fun experience. Yeah, I got my 14-year-old daughter coming to Tuscaloosa. She's got a camp friend who lives there. Her mom works on campus. They have season tickets. So she's going to experience... Was it the next game since you went? Did y'all go to Wrigley? Is that the last game y'all went to? Uh, the kids were at the, uh, were at the Little Rock football game. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, came, yeah. they came to see the Western Carolina game. Left at halftime like a lot of other people because it was too, da- too damn hot. Uh, in this case, she's going to be one Razorback fan that's probably in a sea of Crimson Tide fans. I don't know. She probably won't be anywhere near the, uh, the Arkansas section. So, I don't know. Maybe she'll need to wear a helmet at the same time. But I'm sure they'll be very nice. Maybe you bring us some good luck. Maybe she can she can bring us. She was that one game and we won. So maybe maybe that's what we've been missing. That's that's a good that's a good point. I like the idea about that. Love it. Um, all right, got some text coming in here. Eight seven zero text says he was imp- he was impressed with the fan participation uh, at Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean they they had a good crowd and 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 this time most everybody that had tickets and went to the Grove made it inside the stadium. There was maybe one section uh, on, the, on the Razorback side of the field near the end zone, which wasn't totally full. The upper deck wasn't 100% full, but they had a good crowd and a lot of, uh, lot of fan participation. Did the stripe out. They've got you know, all kinds of dances that go on. Some of, the, some of the music that you hear at Ole Miss baseball games, you hear at the, at the football games too. And a drone light show, which was kind of cool before the start of the fourth quarter. 
It was really weird to see because they had this drone show uh, above above the end zone, and it was the end zone that Arkansas was driving away from in the fourth quarter. The first image, Matt, said uh, party in the sip, which is a big thing there. The second image was just a, an image of a, of a quarterback with his arm very slowly moving forward. Pretty much, I'm, I'd imagine that's a stock image for drone light shows at football games. But it's hovering above the stadium with the Razorbacks beginning a drive, and the, and, and the drone stayed there. They stayed there above the end zone with Arkansas on the drive, and it just, I don't know, it looked weird. It looked almost, I don't know, it almost looked like the guy up above was the one that was playing quarterback, you know what I mean? But it was kind of a, I mean, it was, it was a fun experience. I think that the Ole Miss crowd did show out. They yeah, a little, well. little technology. I wouldn't be surprised to see more 4th of July fireworks shows go to drone shows and kind of eliminating fireworks uh, as you go on. What, what were your thoughts on Jackson Dart as a, as a quarterback and, and how he played? Uh, do you see, you know, because KJ was second team all-conference going into the, to the season. Jalen Daniels, it was first team. Anyway, those two quarterbacks are going to be your first and second team. You know, do you think Jackson Dart's making a name for himself to have a chance to be a first or second team All SEC quarterback? Well, he'll have the stats, but I mean, he didn't. I mean, he was okay. He was okay. He didn't do anything truly special, I think, for Ole Miss. But I mean, he did lead a game-winning drive, uh, made some plays on that drive, but also got a, you know a little bit of help from the defense from a couple of penalties, but. Um, I don't put it. J- Jaden Daniels right now, I think, head and shoulders is the best quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's the one. He's improved in a lot of ways. He's he's much a, more he, accurate. He he was a thrower. He was a slinger. Now he's becoming a passer. I agree with you, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I think there's st- there's still something there with Dart to work for. But I also think, like, I don't I don't know if uh, if Kiffin addressed this after the game, but Dart was limping a little bit from that first quarter. He took a hit or landed a little awkwardly. And it seemed that he was he was a little off. Maybe that was part of it, you know. But Judkins was was okay. It's that Ulysses Bentley that kind of stood out offensively for Ole Miss. Uh, it's his second year with the Rebels after a transfer from Southern Methodist. Ninety four yards, over seven a carry, scored the winning touchdown. Um, they've got they've got that three headed monster that's pretty scary. You know, you thought Arkansas had the same thing with like a rocket and KJ and either Dubinion or Green. Uh, Green's kind of you don't see AJ very much now. Uh, it's more Dubinion and Rocket. And Rocket doesn't he's not he doesn't look like the same running back. I think that knee's still got to be bothering him. Uh, Dubinion still has moments, but I think he gets lost in pass protection. And um, you know, I mean, KJ did most of the running, and a lot of the time it was. It was running in. It was just running up the middle, and and there wasn't a lot there. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's 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 a few good things to build on uh, going to this Alabama game. Uh, you, you're building on the fact that n- nobody's quitting on this team. They're they're all out there giving it their all. Um, you gotta you gotta be more consistent and 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 find a way to to win a one score game. That's that's uh, you know as, as a as a fan, as a competitor, uh, you know, a, a, as a Razorback, yeah, of course you you want. If you if it's one score game, you have a chance. You know, you're giving yourself a chance to win every single game. You're just not able able to pu- pull it through. So then, let me ask you: Are you are you at the point where I mean, you're it, you got winnable games right there for you? BYU, LSU. I'm not going to put A and M in that category. Ole Miss. All those three games were winnable for you, all within one score. Um, are are you at a point where you feel like 
man, we're that close. We're that close. Couple of things go right. This thing can get turned around. Or are you at the place where this is what they are? This is what this team is. Kind of like you are what your record says. At the halfway point, sometimes it's a little difficult to lean into that thought because you are what your record says at the end of the season. Um, right now, though, it just it feels like a team that just is struggling to make the winning play. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. couple of plays here and there that's the difference. Well, you know, the, the thing I don't want them to do is start pointing the finger, start blaming the other. Uh, football is the ultimate team sport. You, you win as a team and you lose as a team. I, I, I think they're going to be 2-5 and five after they go to Tuscaloosa and they come home. So the, the, the question to be, how, how do they feel going forward? They're going to be 2-5. and five. You, get, you get a couple home. If you win your home games, you know what? You, you're 6-6 six and six right there. So, so if you can take care of business and, and, and win home games after you get back from Alabama, you're able to get a bowl game. You, you, you're able to, 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 to get that extra game, and that, that's what it's going to come down to. They, they did not pass the test uh, for this, this four-team gauntlet. You know, they, they lost to BYU. They, they failed that test, and, and right now they're 0-3. They go in there to, to Alabama, and, and I don't see them winning this game. Uh, which they might, though. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying they don't have a chance, but what's what's to say? What have you seen uh, from this team the last month that makes you think we're going to go to Tuscaloosa and win? I haven't seen it. I, I don't see the, us making enough winning plays. So after that game, you're going to get Mississippi State. You can beat Mississippi State. You can beat Florida. You can beat Auburn. You can win all these a, a, after this Alabama game and have a chance to get to six wins. 78 yards rushing the last two games. you got to do better than that if you're going to win football games. Like, you can't average, what would that be, like 36 yards? <clears throat> or I'm doing my math wrong. I mean, whatever it is, it's, uh, it's, you, can't win, you can't win games if you're rushing for 35 to 40 yards. You know, in Alabama, I mean, they, they are tough to run against. They're tough to score against, but they average allowing 105 yards per game. Uh, A&M only able to run for 67 on 35 carries. They have held two of the last three opponents and three of their six opponents for the year under 80 yards rushing. Forget about 100. Ole Miss got 56. Hey, the, the thing that you, that you know is is Alabama will turn the ball over. You know, Milrow can throw an interception. Uh, he can be erratic at times. So so you're going to be heavy on your defense. Um but, but yeah, I, I, playing against Alabama, what do you think our offense can do? Do you think our offense can put up 24 points? I don't think we can. I, I don't think this offense is good enough to put up 24 points against Alabama. I think they're going to have to get help if they're going to get to 24, me, meaning a defensive touchdown, meaning a special teams touchdown. Matt, only one team has scored more than 20 against them, and that's Texas. Right. Texas beat them 34 to 24. Since then, three points by South Florida. We'll just throw that to the side. Ole Miss scored 10. That was a game in Tuscaloosa. Mississippi State, 17 points, and then 20 from Texas A&M. I think 24 would be tough for Arkansas to come by. Sounds like 20 is really tough to come by against that Alabama defense. The, the, that's the thing going forward. If, if you're a Razorback, you, you're, you're looking at your defense. Hopefully they can cause some turnovers and keep, keep things in front of them, limit the big play. Uh, and then on offense, we, we're, where is our big plays? We, we just don't have a lot of big plays, explosive plays uh, that go, going forward. We don't have anybody, feel on the outside that scares the other opponent. You know, you don't line up out there and say, man, that guy might run by you. They watch them throwing this deep. We don't, we don't attack down the field enough. You know, one guy that could be a weapon on the outside, and you see Satania getting in 
for a few plays here and there, but I don't, I don't think they're comfortable with him uh, in the offense just yet. Uh, maybe in the, in the future, uh, later on this year, next season, I think there's more involvement there. But, you know, I think, if, I think if they were comfortable with him catching and doing some of the other stuff, that speed would be out there much more often than it is right now. Let's close out this segment with a call from Bay Razorback on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. What's up, Bay Razorback? How are you? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Love the show. Uh, big fans of the two of you guys. Um, Thank you. Uh, so Arkansas alumni, lifelong Dallas Cowboys, and Tampa Bay Rays fan here. Okay, so I was going to ask which Bay, because there's a lot of Bays. You're Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, yeah. So Rough month. Um, but I wanted to kind of comment on the football team and, um, you know, the concerning, like, I'm a Sam Pittman fan. But like him, I hope hope everything works out and he has success. I, I guess the concern for me, though, is just the overall direction. Um, I thought this was like one of the best recruiting classes we've ever had uh, since I've been ranking them. I, I probably have to double check all that. But um, just w- with the the way that the line has performed and the way that they're like shuffling the line during the game and all the penalties. And those types of, you know, on and on, those types of things. There's a lot of ifs, if we did this, if we did that, you know. And it's like, how are we going to continue, how are we going to compete in the future in in the SEC? You know, we got Texas and Oklahoma coming in hot. We're, how is that sustainable at all? I mean, can, can you guys, do you guys see a pathway or a roadmap to where we can actually be a, a somewhat competitive team in the SEC? Thank you uh, for the call. I, I think it starts with evaluating talent. Uh, I, I think you got to get the right people in there that that are evaluating the the right guys to get it get on campus. Whether it be uh, searching through the high school ranks, whether it be searching through all the other uh, Power Five schools and non Power Five colleges, uh, because because we missed we we didn't go out and get and get. There's 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 no reason with this uh, this transfer portal that you can't evaluate talent a little better and get the right guys up there. Thanks for the phone call, Bay Razorback. Appreciate that. All right, we'll break and get to Connor O'Gara in a moment. Yeah, I mean, it's still a good recruiting class. I mean, that I'm not sure if that has much to do with the success or lack thereof this year of the football team in terms of wins and losses. Uh, depends on how many of the class, you know, stay here. And then, you know, the thing is, I mean, where do you really get players that immediately impact that are new? It's the transfer portal. And you've had impact at every level of the defense from the transfer portal uh, you have had that impact they on the offensive on the defensive side, side from Andrew Armstrong, yeah, but still yeah. waiting for others. And and yet, you know, only one transfer came in on the offensive line. That's Josh Braun, one of your starters. And that wasn't necessarily addressed much in the offseason. I'm not sure if that, you know, an offensive line might be a little bit of a different animal as far as building through the portal is concerned. Passion is something that exists. And all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs, whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. 
Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Time to talk with Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South. He joins us right now on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. And Connor, it's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing today? I am uh, I'm doing well. Uh, doing, I, I think, better than the Arkansas faithful. Uh, who, look, right now, I just... Uh, I, I, I do, I, I feel a, a sense of guilt that has come over me as someone who um, played a part in setting some high expectations, but all things considered, I, I am doing well. People are looking to, to blame media members for the expectations, but I always feel like the expectations, you know, preseason went with a caveat, and that caveat was if the tackles hold, if they're able to progress, if they're able to uh, you know, jump into a starting role for the first time in their careers and, and, and play good football, well, then this team will be good. That hasn't happened. And it, it kind of feels like it starts from there. I agree. And, and you're reminded that in a season like this, you might feel like you have two anchors on the inside, but if you're weak at that position and if you're timing that with a scheme change to a more pass-heavy approach, that, that can be a disastrous combination. I mean, Arkansas is, is living proof of that. It's, it's played out so far with, with this really daunting month-long stress that they've had to endure, and it just doesn't get any easier with Alabama and the things that they're able to do getting after the quarterback, that, which, you know, I, I think Arkansas will see that up close and personal. Dallas Turner has had a phenomenal year for Alabama. He feels like he's going to be living in that Arkansas backfield. There's just no reason that a team like this with K.J. Jefferson or Rocket Sanders should ever look up at the end of the game and see 1.2 yards per carry on the ground. That, that to me, is just telling, and it shows you where this program's at right now. Yeah, that's pretty pretty ridiculous. I, I, I couldn't remember a team. What I think Phil said it was about 22 years ago since they, they've had a stat like that. Uh, Connor, why, I watched that uh, Red River rivalry game, and uh, I was impressed with, with both quarterbacks there. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I was, I was very impressed. I think the question with Oklahoma coming in was, all right, how are they going to really hold up against Texas? Can they flip that result last year that quickly? Everybody was in a little bit more in wait-and-see mode. I mean, the fact that they weren't even in the top ten yet, despite the fact that they were the only team in the country entering last weekend that was top five in both scoring offense and scoring defense. And they came out there, and, man, I, I thought they really set the tone. They made Quinn Ewers uncomfortable in a way that Alabama certainly did. And Dylan Gabriel was as clutch as it possibly gets. Feels like I've been watching him forever. He was obviously somebody who started off his career most notably in my neck of the woods down here in Orlando, and seeing him come up clutch down the stretch with just a big-time drive. I mean, there, there is a reason why we were once high on Oklahoma and the combination of Brent Venables with his defense and the Jeff Levy offense, and, and we're seeing it play out. Oklahoma is absolutely for real, and I don't even think we can apply the Lincoln-Riley logic to this team, the lack of physicality, because I, I think that they brought in such different defensive players 
that they're now looking like a scarier team than what anybody could have predicted coming into the season. Yeah, probably the first of two times that they play each other this year. And, you know, the conversation over the national landscape of college football up until now for these first six weeks has been, man, this is a crazy season. We've got parity and everything. And now you look at the standings, Alabama and Georgia control the SEC. Texas and Oklahoma are at the top of the Big 12. Uh, you got uh, USC and Oregon or Washington in the Pac-12. The Big Ten is still heavy in the East. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. The only league that doesn't shake out the way it usually does is the ACC because everybody said Louisville was going to be this year's TCU. So maybe it isn't quite as crazy of a football season as we thought, at least not yet. I, I agree. I went into this past weekend, specific to the SEC, saying, well, if if we get three underdogs to, who pull off upsets, right, like in, in those three different time slots, that would be Mizzou beating LSU, then A&M beating Alabama, and then Kentucky beating Georgia. If if those three things happen, this is 2007 all over again. That's the type of craziness we're talking about, not just within the SEC, but the entire sport. And instead, none of those three teams won. None of those three teams even covered. And we're looking up going, all right, well, Georgia's far and away the, the favorite to win the East. Alabama's far and away the favorite to win the West. And, and instead of talking about potential chaos, in my opinion, it feels a little bit more like we have a lot of the same people at the top. Now, what could be interesting, of course, is if we're getting some unique blood in the college football playoff, if USC is able to make that push, if Michigan is able to make a push to a national championship in Texas, in Florida State, we could still have a unique playoff. It's just not necessarily shaping up to be the, the totally chaotic year that some were predicting in September. Connor, what happened at the the Miami Georgia Tech game? Uh, was that as bad as Notre Dame having having ten mil ten men on the on the field to, to finish the game? What, what happened there? Worse, even worse, just because the clock was under forty seconds, and all all Miami had to do was sit on the football, just kneel. That, that's it, and the game is over. And instead, for whatever reason, I don't know what sort of communication breakdown there was with Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal and Tyler Van Dyke, but to run a play there and then to fumble, all right, you know, you should still be able to win the game, but then to allow Georgia Tech to go, what, 74 yards in 33 seconds. A couple of former SEC guys, Haynes King from A&M and Christian Leary from Alabama had big-time, big-time plays to be able to win that game for Georgia Tech. Disastrous. Just, just the exact mistake that you cannot make. Even if you're only a coach making $500,000 or if you're a high school coach, you can't make that mistake much less Mario Cristobal at a big-time program like Miami, where they, they were undefeated. And that's a game that they should have won against a, a Georgia Tech team that's been struggling this year. It was so unbelievably bad, just the type of thing that he's going to have to live with forever. And I don't really know what's going to allow people to get over that. I want to ask about Alabama. Um, now that Jermaine Burton had a breakout game and Milrow had his best game as a passer, and against a good defense, and in a game where they couldn't run the ball with any success. A&M's defense broke through. They chased Milrow around. I think he showed a lot in that ball game. Is Alabama, look, they're not, it's not the same as the high-scoring attacks that I guess we've been used to for the last five, six, seven years, but are they back? Are they back where Alabama usually is? No, they're not back to where Alabama usually is from a sense of, okay, this team has real national championship upside. I don't think Alabama's going to win a national championship. I, I still, however, 
think that they are clearly the favorite in the West. And, and to me, it's all about getting to getting to the SEC championship with one loss. That's the entire goal for Alabama. If, if they go eight zero in, in SEC play and, and do so in, in this fashion, much like what we saw against A where they play really good defense, their team that shows a lot of poise and doesn't necessarily have those just critical turnovers down the stretch. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that, that will be back to that standard. I, I don't think they have that kind of upside, though. That, that's where I would stop short of saying that Alabama is back to having those sky-high expectations. I think what they did was incredibly impressive, and especially against an a and front that, that dominated. I mean, they were clearly the superior unit, and Jalen Miller kind of had to make the best of it. They had to find that go-to receiver. Um, but yes, for anybody th- saying that Bama is going to be an 8-4 type team or something like that, that game, to me, put all of those concerns uh, by the wayside. Any chance Arkansas can go into Tuscaloosa and get a victory? And h- how do the Hogs get to six, Connor? What, what do they have to do on the offensive side of the ball to, to get to six wins this year? Oh, man. I, I'm going to say no to the first one. I'm going to say prayer to the second one. I, I don't know, guys. Like This is, this is bad. They're, they're shuffling the offensive line mid-game. And they're still trying to find those options. I mean, maybe what they did in the second half was a little bit better with rotating center. And I, I, I don't know, though. I mean, unless you are basically saying we're going to try and find a, a pass-protecting back and try and have that be on the field at the same time as, like, Rocket lined up out wide, I don't know. I, I truly do not know. They need more of the quick-hitting passing options. I think that much is obvious. The problem is they just don't really have the receivers that are built that way. They got all these big body guys in the portal, guys who are like six five, six six, who aren't necessarily there to go bust a screen loose. I mean, even Jaden Hazelwood, I think, would fit this personnel for what this team needs right now more than probably anybody on that roster. So I don't know that there's an immediate solution. I think you really have to get creative with Rockets touches. Otherwise, he's going to be an afterthought. He's not out there to pass protect. And otherwise, you're going to be looking at an injured K.J. Jefferson. And for me, that is just, and for all Arkansas fans, that is absolute worst-case scenario. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.